Welcome back, everybody, to the 32nd episode of the Tundra Cast. Once again, I got Rossi with me. Howdy. And I got Nick. Hey, hey. <laughs> and today, uh, we're going to review last night's Tampa Islanders game. Uh, we're going to preview tonight's game two matchup between the Canadians and the Knights. And we got a bit of news to talk about, too. We got some Jack Eichel trade news, and we also got some Gerard Gallant news. So first, let's start off with Tampa Bay, New York. First of all, I, first off, I want to say, if you've seen that, if you've seen that penalty on Braden Point, I don't care what you say. I don't know how the hell he got a penalty on that. That was so BS. But let me look that up real quick. I actually didn't see that. Hang on. But it was an Islanders defenseman or forward who pushed Point into um, Semyon Vlarmov, and yet Point got the penalty for goalie interference when it was the Islanders player who full on shoved him into the goalie. And the Islanders end up scoring on that power play. I mean, to be fair, does it really matter considering that Tampa won either way? They won the game, but you still got to look at the fact that, I mean, after Bruce Cassidy called out uh, the Islanders calling them the New York Saints and all that stuff, that, I mean, it was, it is an eye-opening call that there there could be some bias towards a team for the refs. It also injured for Lomov, so you got to look at that too. I think Sorokin's the better goalie for this series, anyways. Yeah. You got to look at that one of the one of the guys go down too. So, yeah. oh, that's a hard collision too. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I was busy yesterday, so I didn't really see the game, but I seen the tweet that Varlamov got pulled. I wasn't sure why, but yeah, it's a hard collision. But it looks like Pellet pushes him. So. Yeah. Right. Sure. I, I I think it was the the wrong call to make, but you know, with, yeah. with Varlamov getting hurt and everything, I think it's a call that they had to make. It's one of those reactionary calls. You see that kind of a lot, especially in the playoffs. Yeah. yeah. You know what, though? It's good that Tampa actually won the game. Um, I felt like they, they, they really didn't play that bad in the first game uh, when where they lost 2-1. I, I still think Tampa wins the series in six. I still think they're the better team. But do you think Tampa needs to play a bit more dirty? Because the Islanders are, are are kind of a sandpaper hockey team. They're gritty, and they're going to get in your yeah. face. And Tampa, and Tampa has those kind of players in Goudreau. Um, they have it, and Coleman. I mean, hell, Kutrov is a bit sneakily dirty out there. So, I mean, they got to play like the Islanders. I mean, they have yeah, the Islanders. The Islanders are a beast defensively, front and back. Yeah, uh, that decor is incredible. They even like the bottom six for for the Islanders. They got well, they got Komarov, Clutterbuck, Martin. A lot of great on that bottom pair. So, or the yeah. bottom six. So, um, yeah, I definitely agree with that point. Uh, yeah, I mean, I agree too. But I'm gonna I'm gonna say this what you said about Tampa, I'm going to say this. I'm going to go with the old adage that I've always been told since I was little in sports that defense wins championships. And Tampa's defense is definitely not good at all. It was better last season. I mean, Tampa's decor last season was pretty good this year. It's just, especially with the way Hedman has played, um, you know, they got to be, they got to be careful. defenseman? Oh, yeah. yeah. He doesn't this even play defense. Yeah. I mean, we went over this last podcast. I'll do what I want. <laughs> oh, but, uh, but, yes, Tampa needs to play better defensively for sure. I think it's weird as a defenseman how you're analytically better when you're not playing. I just I don't yeah. see how that. I mean, <laughs> I mean, that's the same thing with Tyson Barry. I mean, there's, yeah. the team is so much better when he's not on the ice. Yeah, it, Such I don't a weird understand chat. how a Norris finalist and somebody with the name Victor Hedman is, He's gonna win. Yeah, is yeah. is literally a detriment to his team in the analytics. 
You know, that's why I want them to play. Because I'm pretty sure it's right now Sergeyev's getting third pair ice time. He should not get third pair ice. And that kid's a beast on both sides. Really like, they should give him. I, I think you cut down Hedman's minutes a bit. Cause, also because he's actually playing injured. So, tone, turn to, to like, cut off some of Hedman's minutes. So, you know, he's not playing like 25 minutes a night with an injury. Make him play like 20. Give Sergeyev the defensive responsibilities. And I think that would be better for the Tampa Bay Lightning. But I don't think John Cooper's going to do that. Yeah, no. Um, but tonight's game matchup at 8 p.m. Central uh, between yeah. Montreal and <clears throat> and Vegas. Mm-hmm. Uh, my keys to the game are just for Vegas to win. Just do what you did game one. I mean, for the Habs, the the keys to the game is that it it's gonna be weird. But I, I think that – I'm just going to say this thing that I think the Habs should just play how they did last time. Because last game, I mean, Carey Price was so good. The Habs threw around the body. They actually had a bit of offensive flair. Um, but it's just Vegas is such a good team. I don't think there's a lot the Habs can improve on. Just play your game. Try to solve Marc-Andre Fleur early. You got to quiet down the Vegas crowd because when the Vegas crowd is rowdy, it, it like it's insane. It really pumps up the home team. So you just got to – Get the early goal and just play the shutdown defense like you did against Toronto. You know? Yeah, against a team against a team like Vegas, you got to come up flying because uh, that really sets up a, a great game down the line. But it's a lot harder to win a game when you're chasing. So getting that strong start at the beginning is is crucial yeah. against a team like them. And especially yeah. with with uh, with Vegas, something Montreal could take advantage of is the fact that Leonard is already hurt. So if you can somehow manage to injure. Mark Andre Fleury. Just Chris Kreider hit wow. 2.0. Wow. <laughs> I don't think I don't think you should be wishing injury on Fleury for that. Wow. I'm, not, I'm not trying to okay. wish injury on anybody. Oh, yeah, I'm okay. just saying it could be a tactic that they could use. Yeah, I, but then like imagine Karma's gonna have, like bite in the back and he asks and Logan Thompson gets like three straight shutouts. Or whoever their yeah, third string. I'm, I'm just right saying now. that it could be a tactic. Like of course. Yeah, it it's been it's happened before, and I'm not saying anybody should try to injure anybody. I I, I mean that's true because in 2016 it was game one between the Pens and the Lightning, and Ben Bishop went down with injured, and he, then Vasilevsky went in. But Vasil, I remember that series. Vasilevsky was just unreal. So I mean, I mean, I I get that I get that point, Rossi. But I mean, it, it, karma can bite you back in the ass. Yeah, I'm not saying anybody should try to hurt him, but. Yeah, if you can get to, to flurry, shake his confidence, and everything. That's right, a yeah. big advantage. Uh, I mean, the main thing for Montreal is actually getting shots on net because we know how crazy uh, Vegas likes to block shots. So, oh yeah, it, it's <laughs> up to Montreal to actually, you know, get shots on net, and not just be hitting defenders or. And or that's anything. that's a, that's a weird thing about their defense. Like they. They block a lot of shots, but they also love to drive the play. Like Shea Theodore, Petrangelo, um, White Cloud Coffee. Yeah, all those guys love to drive the play. So, yeah, they jumped I up mean, a bunch first game. Yeah, and they still got a lot of shots. Like that Vegas team can honestly do anything. And it's gonna be it's gonna be hard, honestly, to win this game. I'm j i am I mean, the entire country besides Toronto are cheering for the Habs to win this series. Um, I hope they do. I just don't see them winning tonight. I think I think Vegas is gonna come up flying. I think it'll be another similar result, four one win for Vegas. It's gonna be hard, but uh, you know what? Maybe the when the Habs go back home, 
to Montreal and play in front of 3,500 fans now, um, that can boost them up. Yeah. Um, some, before we move on from like the whole playoff talks and everything, uh, something interesting is I saw a chart that went off of each uh, United States, uh, each state's most like hashtagged on Twitter team. So like you can kind of get like yeah. a thing of who's rooting for who. And coming in first is the Islanders. Makes sense. Second is the Canadians. There you go. Okay. Especially in places like Wisconsin and Oregon, uh, like more than northern states are are favoring Montreal. Like like Washington, like, yeah. like like Washington, like yeah. Yeah. Uh, third is Vegas, mainly because of the Southwest. Right. And, well, I mean, fourth Tampa makes sense because I mean, they just won the cup last year, and the Buccaneers just won the Super Bowl. So, do you really want? Yeah. I mean, and I'm telling you right now, Tampa's just gonna be Boston 2.0 solely because of Tom Brady. I'm telling you, the Bucks are <laughs> the Bucks are gonna win the Super Bowl for five straight years just because of that guy. That means that the that their baseball team will be a superpower too. So, you know, yeah, look out, Tampa <laughs> Bay is gonna become a super. Uh, anyways. Um, uh, I guess we could move on to the Gerard, Gerard Gallant news. Uh, he has been named the head coach of the New York Rangers. Yep. And unlike the Columbus Blue Jackets head coach hiring, this is actually a smart one. There's the, here's the weird thing about Gallant. All right. I'm going to, I, I, I know the stats, but I want to make sure. So I have his Wikipedia page up. Uh, every time Golan gets hired by a new team, he he only lasts three years there. In Columbus, when he was first hired in 03, um, he was there for three seasons and he got fired. In Florida, he was there for three seasons. Oh, sorry, no. In Columbus, he was hired. He was there for two seasons. Got fired 15 games into his third season. In Florida, he played. He was the coach for two seasons. Then in his third season, he got fired 22 games in. In Vegas. He was there for two seasons, then got fired 49 games into his third season. So here's the thing. It's pretty likely, based on his pattern so far, that Gerard Gallant won't see the end of his contract in New York because this, this pattern is kind of concerning because I get, I get it. Um, the, I get the thing with Gallant. He, he took an expansion team to the cup finals in his first year, which is amazing. But besides that, he hasn't really had a good season. And Columbus, they missed the playoffs every single year. And I know Columbus is a garbage team, especially back then. But, I mean, you know, first rookie coach, I get it. Then in Florida, first year, he misses the playoffs. Second year, they lose in 16 Islanders. And third, he gets fired. And same thing happened in Vegas. Cup finals, first round exit. Um, Then third, then then the next year, like, they they were doing good. But I think they're, like, they're third in the division behind um, Arizona, and I think it was either the Canucks or the Oilers, but I don't know. But it's a concerning trend. You know, history tells us that he's going to have a good two years. Then in the third year, everything's going to fall apart, and he's going to get fired. And coaches in the NHL have a short – like, a lot of – most coaches in the NHL don't see the end of their contracts. Unless you're, like, Coach Q or John Cooper or one of those guys, Barry Trotz, more likely or not, you're not going to see the end of your contract. And, I mean, it's a four-year deal, so – it's it's really likely to me that he gets fired like three years in, but for right now, for a young New York squad, um, this is the way. Because I'm pretty sure David Quinn mostly played a defensive system, which did not help with that team. Glant's more offensive. He's gonna allow guys like Panarin to do his thing, 
Um, it's gonna be well, it's gonna be awesome to watch the Rangers next season, but I just don't I just don't think he's gonna finish out his deal there. Yeah, uh, I don't. I I I think there's a maybe a chance that he does finish off his contract there, but I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't. Like, you know, there is a huge pattern, and it's very alarming. So, whether he does or he doesn't finish out that contract, obviously New York's gonna get a big boost just from, like, even one season with him. So you think the Rangers are a dark horse next season? That's a pretty good signing, I, at least for the first two years. But I, I think so for sure. Just with yeah. the young group of kids they have, and more is going to come up. Like I mean, Grassoff will play a full year. Robertson should be up. Um, like they have a lot of good young kids there. That's got to be yeah. one of the best rebuilds I've seen in a little while. That Rangers team, just considering where they were a few years ago. Oh yeah, getting all sure. those picks. That they've been drafting really well recently too. So they're yeah. going to be good. Yeah. Um. In more news. Jack Eichel could be traded before the end of the playoffs. And it looks like the people who are making a push for it, the teams, are the Kings, the Wild, the Ducks, the Jackets, the Flyers, and the Rangers are all making pushes for Jack Eichel. Well, the Kings would have the most to give up for sure. Here's the thing, though. I don't think the Kings will get him. I think I'm pretty sure. I don't sure think so either, but they have, they have the assets to get him. For sure, but if the Kings I'm, are smart, they will not trade for Eichel. Right. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. The Kings, I think, said this offseason they want to target two top six wingers, and our center court is already stacked prospect wise. Now, my here's my think. Here's the team I think he'll go to, and I, uh, I, uh, I have a mock trade proposal. Um, I think I think Philly might be the best way, like the best course of action. First of all, I don't think Eichel wants to play on the West Coast, especially being from Boston. I think he wants to play for a bigger market, and Anaheim's not going to allow him to do that. L.A. would, but I don't think they should trade for him. I mean, Minnesota, they have a good young squad, but I just, like, once again, it's The it's only problem not, with Minnesota is their cap space. Yeah, and, like, all the other teams you mentioned, Rossi, aren't big markets except for one, Philly. Philly's actually a relatively big market. I think the now, Rangers are big market, but I don't think the Rangers gave Eichel though. Mm, yeah, true. I mean, I, I, I mean, we'll see. But in my opinion, because I already have a package set up here for Philly, it was it was a bad year. It was, but I don't think people are saying trade Konechny, trade this, trade Drew. I don't think that like you should make those types of changes. I think if you bring a player in like Eichel without trading a lot of pieces off your roster, you're set. Now, Buffalo would want a center, I mean, a couple of prospects, picks back for Eichel. So, one of the centers I, I, I would see going back for Reichel in the Philly trade would be Nolan Patrick. Uh, he's, I think he requested a trade from Philly. He switched agents. Uh, he wants a fresh start. And if you, I mean, Patrick would get all the ice time in the world it's in Buffalo. He would. Because no one's going to be playing there. Let's be honest. He'll get 25 minutes a night, and he can probably break out there if he really, if like, if he, you know, can put the concussion stuff to rest. Hope I hope he does because he's a talented ass player. I hope he doesn't get another concussion because that could really jeopardize his career more. But so you know, you have Patrick going back to Philly, and you need a couple prospects. You know, you know guys like Morgan Frost and Bobby Brink. I mean, two guys are that are projected to be top six fours in the NHL that can really help Buffalo down the line as well. 
Uh, and you know what? Philly, if you get Eichel along with the group Philly has, you're going to be a good team. So I think Philly would be willing to give up a couple first-round picks for Eichel. And I think that's the package, you know, Buffalo would try to get. And I think that's an actual realistic package that Philly would send. And you probably throw in a contract to, like, Goss Bear, but... I honestly, I think Philly actually makes the most sense, and I, and I honestly, I'd bet money that I could go to Philly. Yeah, I mean, I honestly think that there's that a shocker happens, and he goes to a team like, uh, like just a just a really weird team that no one expects. Seattle. Yeah, maybe. Like <laughs> Imagine. That. But uh, a bit, a bit more news and rumors is apparently the Florida Panthers are asking about Patrick Line. I don't think that's what Freeman said. Freeman said he um, he wonders if if the Panthers would be on him. I don't think he. If okay, he, yeah, yeah. If the Panthers asked the Blue Jackets about Line, a. but still, that that is interesting because Line a is on yeah. the trading block, isn't he? I'm pretty sure he is. And then Man, John Tortorella may be a possibility for the Seattle Kraken. That's oh yikes. boy, that's gonna be fun. That's a great way to uh, promote new fans. Pierre-Luc Dubois <laughs> is going to be drafted to Seattle Crack, and he's going to be like, no! Two <laughs> aligning and PLD, what a bad trade for both teams. Yeah. So far, yeah, holy. Uh, I mean, Ross has been good, but yeah. Okay, yeah, Ross had a strong start, but down the stretch, he wasn't that great. But. Toronto Maple Leafs have signed forward Jason Spezza to a one-year extension. <sighs> Spezza's an idiot. Just sign in Colorado Vegas. You're not going to win in Toronto. You're just not. Just go like same thing with Joe. Thornton and Spezza just tag team in Tampa Bay for one year at seven hundred K. Play on the fourth line so you can get your cup. Yeah. Or to Vegas. I think Spezza is just too loyal. He is a loyal guy, but he deserves yeah. a cup. Yeah. And he's I'm sorry, he's not gonna do that in Toronto. No, he's not. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, Lee fans. This was your year to win it. Yeah, you got. But now, just like but every now, other North team, you got to go back to a real division next year. <laughs> Except yeah. the North teams that play in the Pacific, then you just get to go back to an easy division. Yep. Uh, yeah, but that—I mean, that's it. I mean, there's also the news of of me once again being Nostradamus and calling <laughs> something. I don't know how I keep doing this. Well, that's it for today's episode of the Tundra Cast, ladies and gentlemen, and we'll see you guys again tomorrow. <laughs>